0: Hey y'all! Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and I'm happy that you're back with me for another episode. Before we get into the topic, y'all, I'm so geeked that Insecure is back for another season. We waited so long for this new season, and I'm just like so grateful to God that it's finally here. Everyone looks amazing. Everyone was just, you know, glowing. They're all the melanin magic. They're just I just love that show. What did y'all think of the first episode? I haven't I haven't seen the second episode yet, but I thought it started off I thought this season started off pretty cool. I mean, for the most part, it wasn't like super packed with um excitement. I think it started off though in a place where it's gonna keep us like interested, you know? What y'all think? I've seen some mixed reviews, but I liked it. I'm super curious to know like what's what happened for Issa and Molly to fall out like come on what is going on I don't know I think it's gonna be good I am not sure how I feel about Tiffany introducing old girl to Lawrence I don't know I don't know how I feel about that like I know to her knowledge old girl and Lawrence only went on one date but like why would you introduce why would you introduce her to your friend's ex-boyfriend of five years I don't know I mean, I guess those kind of things are like situational and case by case. But I don't I don't I didn't I don't like it, <laughs> especially considering that Tiffany did not tell Issa Rae, like heads up. Lawrence met old girl at my baby shower and, you know, they went on a date and ain't in my business. Like she didn't even give a heads up. So, yeah. What do y'all what do y'all feel about that? Was is Tiffany like is she in the clear? Was she OK to set them up? I set them up. Well, I kind of set them up. Was she OK to do that? Or did she like cross the line? Did she, did she cross the line? Tell me me what y'all think. The new season of Insecure premiering recently works out very well for this episode because we're going to be talking about friendships. So let's get into the topic. Let's unpack it. Okay, so what is this platonic intimacy? It's simple, y'all. Platonic, as we know, means non-sexual and intimacy just means close familiarity or friendship or like closeness. So yeah, non-sexual friendships or non-sexual closeness, non-sexual familiarity, right? Another definition I like to use for intimacy is trusting one with the contents of your heart. My dad used to say this about intimacy, into me, see, see into me. So yeah, that's what platonic intimacy is. And it's not, this isn't a foreign concept. We just don't call it this often. We don't, I don't hear this term a lot. I don't think most of us hear this term a lot and we for sure do not celebrate this concept a lot. Our culture glorifies romance and romantic relationships and marriage. And though culture has shifted away from marriage being the pinnacle, we still sort of view romantic relationships as the ultimate relationships. We know how it works, you know, you have like little cur- you have little girls from the time they're able to walk you know playing with the dolls and almost like already preparing for wifehood you know it's the barbie and ken and um the whole family little setup and kitchens here and just all the things that would instill into a little girl that your goal is to be married like that is what we're striving towards amongst other things as well but that is the pinnacle and I for sure grew up thinking that not so much even, not not even so much consciously, but it was just for sure, like it was for sure a seed planted within me to believe that marriage was the end all be all. Marriage was the pinnacle. And if I just get that, then I'm good. I have all that I need in regards to relationships. And though I believe that marriage is sacred, though I believe that it is beautiful, it is honorable, I do not believe that it is the end all be all. I don't believe that it's the the mountaintop. I don't believe it's the only the only relationship we should strive for and the only relationship that we should like nurture. So I came across I came across this term platonic intimacy sometime last year. And it's kind of struck me like, huh, what's that about? I, I saw this post that said normalize platonic intimacy and I was like or cultivate platonic something like that. And I remember thinking like, hmm, let me dig into this. And the more I dug into it, the more I began to be challenged to cultivate deeper connections within my friendships. Though I've had many beautiful friendships over the years, um, for the most part, a lot of them or the majority of them were pretty superficial and, super- and pretty surfacey. And I didn't realize that it wasn't, that wasn't intentional. I just think it's, it's because that's what I knew was surface relationships when it came to uh, my upbringing and my family and, and the value placed on friendships it, j- it just wasn't there. I didn't see the adults in my life place value in friendships. So I didn't, I wasn't taught that this is a thing that that you seek after, that you pursue. You know, it's family, it's family, 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 family. So the family you're born into and then the family that you're going to marry into, That that's what you need, right? And you already got your family, so let's work on the family you're going to marry into. Let's work on getting this husband and this wife. Like that is the goal. Um, other friendships, if they came, cool. If they didn't, cool. It was never instilled into me that you need friends. It was like a kind of a bonus type of thing. Like, all right, cherry on top. Cool. Um, However, this concept has completely transformed that thinking for me. And I for sure see friendship as a need. As a matter of fact, not only is it a need for me, for me, it's it's a core value. Friendship is a core value for me. I place a lot of value in it based on several things. One of those things just being me coming into the awareness of how important relationships are just in life period, not a particular type of relationship, but just relationships, period. Me beginning to understand the value in that has helped me understand the value in friendships. And then, of course, me choosing to like place more energy into it in my adulthood versus growing up and it kind of just being a whatever. And it was one of those things where, speaking of my um, upbringing, it was like, of course, like I said, I wasn't really taught the value of friendships. And, And I come from a big family, so I didn't, I never knew I needed friends, because it was like, I mean, I got I got everybody I need, you know? Um, but also it was like these it was the seeds planted seeds of doubt planted in me to not trust people, especially other women. There was, you know, trust issues passed down and um me always waiting for betrayal and putting up these emotional walls because, you know, if I expose my truth, it could be used against me and those types of things. And I'm sure this is pretty common amongst Oh, my sister's out there. I'm sure this is way common. And of course, you know, I I have had those experiences. Of course, I've had betrayal in my friendships. Of course, I've had justifiable trust issues in my friendships. We all have, but that's more so just the part of relationships, not so much specific to a particular type of relationship. People people are people and we mess up. So learning that it had nothing to do with me per se, like, oh, okay, this is just how life works. (laughs) And just choose better friends. (laughs) So when I begin to notice like, oh, wait, I'm not having issues in this in these friendships, I'm not seeing a need to maintain these emotional walls, I'm not seeing where my trust is being broken, I'm not seeing these things. So why am I so bent on having no friends and only focusing on romantic relationships. I mean, because I placed so much value in that, so much energy to the point where I didn't even have time to cultivate anything other than all of my time went into um, whoever I was dating at the time. And yes, I'm a lover of love. I love love. I love being in love. Like I love all of the things I do. And I enjoyed. I enjoyed the dating relationships that I had. But I disagree with the idea that We should expect one person to be all things to us. I don't think, I don't believe that one person can meet all of our needs as a human being. I just don't think that that's realistic. I think that it sets up, I think that it sets us up for disappointment in our relationships when we expect our partner to be all the things, partner, friend, boo, I mean, just everything. And it's like, I mean, and if you have that, kudos to you. That is the bomb. But if you don't, I've learned that it doesn't necessarily mean that there is something wrong with that relationship, but more so maybe just get what you need somewhere else. I remember, um, I remember, I remember dating a guy. And as y'all know, at this point, I am not really big on small talk. I like to deep dive day one. Like, let's talk about all of the things and let's really like go to the deep end. I don't, really enjoy small talk I don't Um, so when I bring up things I want to talk about it and I remember dating a guy who was just not really interested in social issues in the way that I was or political issues in the way that I was and when I would bring up conversations he when I would ask him his thoughts he would kind of just be like I mean you know it's kind of whatever. I don't know. I don't really have any thoughts. And I'm just like, oh, you, you're just not doing it for me, child. Like, this ain't going to work. And I remember talking to one of my girlfriends about, like, my frustration surrounding um the lack of intellectual stimulation in this particular relationship. And I remember her being like, I mean, does he have to do all the things for you? Like, does he have to? Like, I mean, because he, he's amazing over here in all these aspects. But you're missing this chunk over here. And you're, like, super frustrated. But, like, is that even necessary? Like, I mean, just go have debates with somebody else. Like, go to hang out and talk deep stuff with your friends I'm like oh huh I never thought about that <laughs> I just I, I just didn't because it was just it was always like put energy into romance because marriage is the end goal and that is the most important relationship it's the pinnacle it's the mountaintop you've made it boom 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 and it's just not it's just not the truth I have found out. I heard Tracy Ellis Ross speaking to somebody. I for, I forgot where she was or what the event was, but I remember her saying something along the lines of um, how she was taught, just like many of us, as she grew up to dream of her wedding, not her life. Always dreaming of the wedding and the marriage, but not dreaming of your life. And also like just waiting to be chosen. And that's specific to, to women, of course, who desire marriage, like just waiting to be chosen. It's just, it just sucks because it, of course, we shouldn't look back with regret, you know, in the sense that we wasted waste so much time. But it's just like, come on, man. Like, all this time, we're we just, you know, sitting around like, all right, when's that, when's that day going to come? We're, we're missing out on so many fruitful friendships that can teach us and help us and grow us and friendship that we can just enjoy and celebrate and live life together, do life together. We're missing out on so much beauty in relationships because we are, it's, it's like tunnel vision because we got our eyes on one thing. And this idea of platonic intimacy has challenged all of that for me. And I'm super grateful for it. So when I came across the term, I had to look back and think like, oh, snap, I had already began to place more energy in my friendship. So it was kind of easy to accept this concept and kind of like take a deeper dive into it. More so because I was, um, (laughs) I got to a place in life where uh, I was like, single for the first time for real for real the last few years of my life have been extra single like I have never been this single it's just like oh this is different (laughs) this is very different and I remember when my when my last relationship ended that that first that first year was rough because I just was not used to being alone I was not used to not being involved in some way with somebody so it was very strange but As I began to heal and all those things, I began to notice like I have all this extra time now, (laughs) like I have time for other things and time for other people. So it became natural for me to you know invest my time in other things, other activities, other people. Now I'm saving up for a trip with my girlfriends versus you know saving up for a trip with my dude or those types of things, right? So that new singleness opened my eyes to like oh snap like oh people, there's other people out here like that's real cool and that I can find enjoyment in and find and find fulfillment and pleasure in that is outside of romance that is non-sexual and I was like wait what a concept people out here just friending and stuff and I'm like this is new and this is kind of cool so I began this journey of like deepening my connections and cultivating close friendships and at that point it wasn't even intentional I actually had a really close girlfriend of mine who just by the way she befriended me it just it slowly but surely tore down those emotional walls I didn't even know what was happening and I really 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 appreciate that because she was one of the first ones to show me what platonic intimacy was without even knowing what this whole concept was right like she was one of the first ones to show me, like, yeah, well, like we can be super, super close and it not be um and it not be superficial, and not be underlying competition, it not be underlying jealousy and envy. Like it was just pure. And that was very, very, very new to me, you know, and that in itself is unfortunate. But hey, you know, it is what it is. I'm grateful um for the epiphany when it happened. So since then I've just been exploring all these different forms of intimacy within my friendships. And it's like, you can have emotional intimacy with your friends, spiritual intimacy, intellectual intimacy, even physical intimacy. Like physical intimacy does not have to be sex. Like you can hold hands with your friends. You can hug your friends. And I personally am not the touchiest person. It's like my least love language. (laughs) It is like at the very bottom, no matter when, where, how I take the test every single time. It is like the very, very last one. (laughs) But seriously, though, like you can have physical intimacy in your friendships. It is possible. And it doesn't mean anything beyond what it is, period. And I think that a lot of times we fight our nature of being affectionate because of cultural norms and societal norms we can learn so much from kids when you look at kids and just in their innocence and their purity the way they love on each other and they like the little boys play together the little girls play together and even boy and girl and they're just like all over each other and hugging and that's my friend and it's just they're so carefree and it's like that that's natural showing affection to people that you love is natural but culture has over-sexualized everything and made us feel um a kind of way when we see people being overly affectionate even when we have deemed it to be non-sexual whether it is same gender or opposite genders like you can be affectionate with your friends it is okay give yourself permission to love your friends freely give yourself permission to show that love in whatever form that you feel of course as long as you are respecting the boundaries of that friendship because that's another thing too friendships do require boundaries and that's something that you just got to talk about like right and whatever those boundaries are cool as long as you're respecting the friendship I don't I would love for us to just get away from that thinking that affection has to be romantic Nah, fam I know what it is to receive that kind of affection and feel so out of place and so awkward like whoa you know it's uncomfortable when it's in that process of deprogramming and reprogramming and And getting out of that place of conditioning where we've been, you know, it's been drilled in us that, you know, if you see two girls too close, they must be gay. You see two dudes too close, they must be gay. You see a guy and a girl together, they too close, they must be together. They must be sleeping together. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not always the case. It's not. Maybe maybe they're just really close friends who they have the understanding. What a concept. And this has freed me in so many ways because I have found my friendships, especially in the past year and a half, two years, I have found my friendships to be so fruitful and so purpose driven that it is bananas. And I am so grateful and so appreciative because even though, like I said earlier, like I've I've been extra single these past few years, I haven't missed, well, let me, let me rephrase. (laughs) I for sure miss relationships for sure. I for sure miss romance for sure. However, I'm not lacking fulfillment. Let me just put it like that. I don't feel that there's this huge void. Let me put it that way because I don't, let me be clear now. I'm not trying to be single forever. Okay. I, I enjoy, I enjoy romance. Okay. (laughs) But I don't feel that I have this huge void or this huge hole somewhere in my soul or heart because I'm not involved romantically because my friendships are so fruitful and so fulfilling. I think about, um, I think about, Jonathan and David in the Bible. Their story to me is so beautiful. You can read up on it in first and second Samuel, take some time and, you know, study the word. But they have such a beautiful example of brotherhood. And I love that it's a story of men. I love that they're men and that they had such a close bond because it's like, yo, this is a true brotherhood. And there was nothing there was nothing weird about it. It was holy, it was sacred. It was honorable to God in the way that they, in the way that they loved each other. And even um, after, after Jonathan dies or is murdered, in 2 Samuel, the scripture is 2 Samuel 1 and 26. It says, and this was David talking. He's like, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. That to me is so powerful because let me, listen, we all know that David was out here in these streets. He loved him some women like he couldn't get enough of women. We know that David was out here like shooting the club up. We know that. Yeah, here he is saying in scripture like that his connection with Jonathan that his the love that he and Jonathan shared was even deeper than the love he shared with women. That is powerful. And I love it too because it's a beautiful, it's a positive example of a soul tie. Usually when we talk about soul ties, it's negative. We are trying to, you know, <laughs> purge ourselves of of emotional pain and, and emotional ties. But this one is a positive one that we and we don't talk about those as much. But I love it because it's like here it is, two men in the Bible who um have a soul tie, because the Bible speaks of how their souls were knit together and like they had like they were bound together. In a covenant with God. And that to me is just so incredible. They are a beautiful depiction of platonic intimacy, of knowing the contents of each other's hearts, of knowing the truest versions of each other, of knowing the most vulnerable versions of each other, of knowing the most naked versions of each other. Like that is so beautiful. Can we just like, can we normalize this thing? Can we normalize platonic intimacy? Can we like do more of this? Through um, this journey of cultivating closer connections in my friendships, I found that like friendships, they require the same things that romantic relationships require. I mean, like the the main difference is like the sex piece. The main difference is the physical piece. But I mean, you, you still need A great amount of trust and transparency and honesty and accountability, conflict resolution, boundaries, understanding one another, and even evolving with one another. Like these are the same things that are required in romantic relationships. The same things are needed in friendships. And beginning to learn these things, it's like, oh snap, like this thing requires work. Like these friendships starting to require work. Oh snap. This is like, this is a lot. And I had to check myself because though in um in my past romantic relationships I've been very forgiving I'm not the most forgiving person so my friendships I began to see that come up like oh snap I don't I can really just be okay with not like not having this friendship and I had to check myself like no you can work through conflict in your friendships just as you would and that romantic relationship that you deem so valuable, like bring that same energy over here. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. I truly believe in divine connection. I do. And some of the friendships that I have, I know it was God who just, you know, allowed our paths to cross because there's just, from my perspective, there's just no way that this friendship would have blossomed in any other way that God didn't set it up. So I had to bring that, I have to bring that same energy to my friendships, like be long suffering, just like I would be with anyone else and just like people would be with me and this entire process for sure has made me to be a better friend like understanding that a lot of effort goes into this type of thing so if i'm putting in this effort that means the other party is putting that effort into me like oh snap so let me step up you know what i'm saying and i've also realized through this that different friends fulfill different purposes you know like i was saying earlier just as i think it's unreasonable for us to expect our romantic partners to be all things to us. I think it's the same with friends too, you know. Like, and this used to frustrate me, but now it now it makes sense. I have different friends for different things, you know. I've got my friends who I travel with, you know. I've got my friends who I can be righteous and ratchet with. I've got my friends that I can study the word with, and that's going you know, break down the Hebrew and the Greek. <laughs> I I have a range, you know, and I'm not expecting one of them to be all things. Now, I do have a few friends that, you know, they're (laughs) cross-functional and they kind of overlap and that's amazing, but I don't expect that all my friends be all things. So though this culture is all about, you know, keeping a super, super tight circle, small circle, no new friends, that kind of thing. And to an extent that has its place, to an extent that idea is valid, but I feel like we should be more strategic when it comes to our friendships and, and even question what the purpose of these friendships, what the purpose is, you know, like, is this a person that I can see in my life long term? And if so, I've got to now commit to that person, even as they evolve, even as they change. I had one friend, I had one friend who started, who started switching up on me. And I was like, Ooh, I don't, I don't like this new person. And I really had to ask myself, do I want to continue the friendship or I just cut, you know, the whole cutoff game, you know? Um, And I realized, okay, I had to step back and look at it from a a broader view. Like, wait, this person is evolving just as we all should be. And I've got to choose if this friendship is worth me sticking around for the evolution or not, you know? So I think we should ask those questions when it comes to our friendships. If if this is, if closer connections is is something you desire. But I do think it's beautiful. and And I do think that most of us can benefit from having closer connections to people. And that it's okay. And it's beautiful. I just think it's something so beautiful about like, choosing your family you know what I mean like I call my friends my chosen family and I think it's just something super dope about choosing to be close to somebody about choosing to stick it out with somebody like I think that's super cool we don't get to pick our family you know who are who are hopefully our inherited friends right but that's not always the case and we don't get to choose those people they're just there whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or neutral we don't get to choose that but we do get to choose our friends and I just think it's super dope to have a chosen family now I don't know how y'all feel about this piece but um I also think that opposite sexes can be close friends I think that opposite sexes can share platonic intimacy as well I did not always believe this like not at all and it wasn't that I didn't believe it because of you know my judgment of other people's friendships—it was like the judgment of my own friendships because of my personal history. You know, like I've dated guys that was, you know, in the quote-unquote friend zone. As a matter of fact, I've dated the majority of the men that were in my friend zone. I mean, you know, it—it it is what it is. You know, it's the one day they're in the friend zone and one there, one day there in a different zone. <laughs> So it was more so my history. Like, nah, fam, like people can't just be friends because even if it starts off like that, it's going to end up in some other way. And I don't believe that crap, yada, 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 yada. But that is just false. It really is. Opposite sexes can be friends and have a close friendship it's just necessary especially when when both parties are heterosexual it's just very important you know to um clearly communicate each other's positions and each other's feelings and and what the purpose of the friendship is you know because if one is secretly attractive to the other it ain't gonna work out you know the friendship ain't gonna work out somebody gonna cross the line it's gonna go downhill the friendship's gonna be ruined it's just gonna be a mess ask me how I know child so, yeah, I just think that in those particular cases, when it's going to be, you know, opposite genders who are heterosexual, um, to just be transparent and create whatever boundaries are necessary. So for me, it's very important that if that other guy, that other guy is dating somebody like their partner knows who I am. And usually if I have guy friends who are married, I've met both of them at the same time or something like that. That we're like all friends. But for my guy friends who Um, are just dating. One of the things that I like that one of my guy friends does is I don't even know if he does it intentionally, but there are times where he's dating a girl and like if I call or he calls me, He'll have me on speakerphone. Not all the time, but there have been times where, you know, I'll be on speakerphone and just talking out and I'm just talking, 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 talking. And he finally said, oh yeah, so-and-so um in the car with me or so-and-so's right here. I'm like, oh, hey girl, how you doing? You know, it's like, it's, it's no thing. It's like, there's no, ain't no secrets. Ain't no, none of that. You know, it's like, this my friend just calling to say, hey, or whatever. Like it's, it's no thing. They know who I am because I'm never trying to, you know, cross boundaries or, and I won't even say, I'm not trying to disrespect because I think that's given. I don't even want it to look disrespectful i don't even want it to look um what is that scripture that says something like don't let your good be evil spoken of i don't even want it to appear to be inappropriate you know what i mean so when it comes to my guy friends um, i value those friendships just as much as i do my lady friendships so it's like because i value this i'm going to try my best to protect it so put whatever boundaries you need to have in place now if, if it's married folks listen that ain't my lane Y'all make whatever rules y'all want to for y'all house. That ain't even my lane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That ain't my lane. Okay. If your husband, like, you can't handle uh, guy friends, hey, that ain't my business. If your wife, like, hey, you can't handle lady friends, hey, that ain't my business. Y'all do what keeps peace in y'all house. Okay. But yeah, you can have close connection and it just be that and it just be platonic. It's possible. But I emphasize transparency, though, and I emphasize boundaries because, you know, there's that. So yeah, I just really wanted to encourage us to be intentional about creating deeper connections and cultivating closeness within our friendships that are platonic, that are non-sexual, and to embrace this idea of platonic intimacy. And I believe that each of you, if you don't already have intimacy in your friendships that you will see how how your life overall benefits from it like I don't think I don't think purpose partners you know is I don't think you have to be married to be purpose partners like no some of my friends are purpose partners for real like I have some of the most amazing friendships seriously and and, and don't get it twisted it's not like this reverse obsession to where now I'm placing friendship on the pedestal no Absolutely not. I still desire marriage. Absolutely. And when that time comes, I do understand, you know, what takes priority, right? I get that. I just want us to see like, yo, marriage is not the end all be all. Romantic relationships, they are not the end all be all. They are not the only relationship we'll have in our lifetimes that will be beneficial or fruitful or whatever the thing, whatever the benefits are of marriage, like those aren't, that's not the only relationship that can provide one fulfillment. So yeah, that's, that's my encouragement is to like, let's embrace platonic intimacy in whatever way that looks like for you. Like because of this, I now have closer relationships with, with friends that I've had since middle school, friends that I've known forever and who you would think is just based on the length of time we've been friends, like y'all must be super, super, super tight. But what this has shown me is like oh snap this whole time it was just straight up surface stuff you know it was based off convenience or based off you know familiarity and surrounding and and things of that nature but now i get to like really 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 know these people people who have been in my life forever now i'm like oh snap i really really know you and that to me is amazing to discover people on a deeper level it, it, it's it's amazing to me so yeah that's all i got platonic intimacy get you some friends and be a better friend that's it all right let's get into the next and final segment of the episode brownie points brownie points is a segment where we love on ourselves a little bit more um, and give ourselves props for something that we've done dope over the week over the month whatever it's been um we're all in quarantine and things are tricky and crazy and confusing and uncertain and we are all adjusting to a new normal um and it may feel like we are unraveling and it may feel like we are on the verge of going insane. Maybe that's just my testimony, but I want you to dig dig deep and find something to give yourself brownie points for. I'm giving myself brownie points for trying several new recipes that came out really, really, really good. Most of them I got from Stovetop Kisses. Her name is Danny something, um, but her YouTube channel and her Instagram page is Stovetop Kisses. She a country girl from Alabama and she is freaking hilarious. Her videos are hilarious. Oh my gosh. So yeah, um, I follow her and all her stuff is looking so good. So I've tried several things in quarantine and they've all come out bomb. And I'm like, yes, because you, know, you never know, you know, you, you can do something the exact same and then you know, it come out kind of questionable, but The last several recipes I've tried of hers since I've been in quarantine have all come out bomb and I'm proud of myself because like I told y'all, I don't really love cooking for one person. It's not, it's not the, it's not the most fun thing. Is it most fun or funnest? Can someone tell me? I think it's funnest, but it don't sound right, you know? So I'm going to say most fun because it sounds better. So, yeah, it's not the most fun thing to cook for one person, um, but I've been doing it, y'all, and these recipes were bomb. So, yeah, that's what I'm giving myself brownie points for. I want to know what yours are, so head on over to Instagram and or Facebook and comment on the brownie points post and let me know what you're giving yourself brownie points for. All right, y'all, that's all I got. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. <music>